one constant through all the years, Ray, has been... Benson and those guys. Benson and those guys. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Zach and the iPad. We just lost half our listeners. We're now down to three. You want to heckle blind people? You're such a moron. Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fired. You got 20 bucks? He's got a monster hot. That is helping nothing. Let's get I'm not going to let our fans down. It's a faith-based sports radio program. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. Welcome to the show. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. We're glad to have you with us on this Columbus Day weekend. I want to invite you to stop by our website, btgprogram.com. There you'll find audio archives of past broadcasts and interviews, and you can even get yourself a BTG t-shirt. You can follow us on Twitter or any of the other major social media f- platforms. Just look for us at BTG Program. We've got another full show for you this week. The NFL rolls on. You've got the baseball playoffs to talk about. The NHL kicked off this week. We've got lots to talk about. We'll talk a little hockey, spend a few minutes giving you our predictions for the finals. We'll also talk about the one-game wild card scenario in baseball. I think it was good in the American League as neither team really has much chance to, well, at least in my mind, to go deep into the playoffs, so get rid of those two teams. But the National League is another story, however. Who doesn't want more of Pirates and Cubs? Zach and I are going to talk about that a little later on. We're also going to talk with Dave Parks. Dave is with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Talk to him about their ministry. Plus, we have a, a list of a number of things that have time. Time allows. We're going to get to that. And as I say, it's a jam-packed show. We're glad you're with us. Boston College, we have mercy rules. In our youth leagues, we have mercy rules. Boston College and Howard came to an agreement of some sort of mercy rule last week. The two go- the two coaches got together after halftime and decided to shorten the game. This is Division One college football, at least Boston College, are playing the FCS school, Howard. They had a 62-point lead, Boston College did at halftime. The coaches agreed to shorten the length of the second half by 10 minutes, reducing each quarter by 5 minutes. BC eventually won the game 76 to zip. They had their third-string quarterback in during the second quarter, when they already had a 41 nothing lead within the first 12 minutes of the game. By the way, the oh, third, the third string quarterback is Troy Flutie, which of course you remember his uncle, Doug that, Flutie. Yeah, that last name sounds familiar. Very familiar in Boston College. Seven different players had scored touchdowns for Boston College during, this is in the first half. Seven different guys had scored touchdowns. Howard, who by the way have not won a game, didn't gain a first down until midway through the through the third quarter. That's just embarrassing. That's there's no reason for those two schools to even play each other. Well, that's exactly right, Zach. Why would you get to the point? Why are you guys even playing each other? I mean, I I guess you schedule it out years ago, but you're Boston College. Why are these guys even on your schedule? 
step uh, come on man to get to a point where in division 1 football you're having a mercy rule applied what are people in the fans uh, the stands the fans what are they thinking when they pay for a ticket and they get 10 less minutes of football i mean this is not the football they want to see i get that but even so that's not even a win that you could feel good about if you're you know, on the, the the side that's running up the score, you can't feel good about that. It's like beating a little kid in pickup basketball or something, you know. And if you're the other team, if you're the side that's getting beat by almost eighty points, you're like, why did we even come and play? Why am I even going to exert any effort? That's just a waste, in my opinion. Bryant University, Chris Burns, the first openly gay Division One men's basketball coach. I'm not here to say anything about Chris Burns. What I am here to say. Why do we keep getting this? How? When does it stop? The first openly gay basketball player, the first openly gay men's basketball coach, the first openly gay fly fisherman, the first openly <laughs> gay trash. Why does it matter? It has nothing to do with the sport. Exactly right. Do these guys want to be known for being openly gay? Do they want to be known as a successful basketball coach? I wouldn't want this about me. I don't first openly heterosexual basketball guy. Just tell me. I'm a basketball coach, man. Yeah. My, my sexual preference should not come into it, and yet we're still inundated with headlines about this. And they say, well, it shouldn't be a big deal. Well, then please stop making it a big deal. I was reading this in the Democrat and Chronicle. In Rochester, here, here, Rochester, New York, Democrat and Chronicle. We're, we're in Western New York. This warning, New York officials are reminding drivers to watch out for wildlife on the roads this fall. Okay. Fair enough. Watch out for wildlife. Deer, moose, and other, wait, what? What? Deer, moose, and other animals can be especially active in the fall. Deer and moose are most active at dawn and dusk when visibility can be born commuting. Moose? Where are we? Is that Northern Exposure? What was that? Alaskan show, Northern Exposure. Yeah. The doctor goes up to Alaska. That was quirky, fun show. But what? we're in Rochester, New York. Are, are, do I really have to be concerned with moose? There's probably like there's one, and he hangs out with a flying squirrel. Like that's about it, I think. Bullwinkle. Yeah. I like the Bullwinkle reference. Good for you. Jerry Jones talking about. Greg Hardy coming back. Greg Hardy, of course, will be, is eligible to play this weekend. And some of his comments taught, caught Jerry Jones off guard. Did you see Greg Hardy's news conference? I just read some of the highlights, the guns oh blazing thing and the Giselle Bunchen thing. I, I heard those. Well, those are the two things that will stick out to you. But here's this man that has been suspended for uh, his, his domestic abuse. Um, charges. He comes back. He's eligible to play. Wouldn't you think at some point he refused to, to discuss that? So those questions are going to keep coming at him, keep coming at him. Wouldn't you think you just say, listen, I, I feel bad. I apologize. I'm very remorseful for what I've done. Uh, I hope to be a better person. That's all I really have to say about that. Now let's talk about That's football. what he should say. That's what he should say. But what he says is one of the things, I hope I come out guns blazing. Now listen, my man, automatic weapons were part of the charge that occurred in 2014 
in North Carolina, automatic weapons were, were part of that charge. You would think that the phrase, I come out, I hope I come out guns blazing would have been just stay away from something like that. Just have enough brains to avoid that. But apparently that didn't. And Jerry Jones defended him. And, and I, and I get it to a little point. It is, you know, it's an expression I come out gain. And, and in this case, it's an unfortunate one. But here's what he says about Tom Brady and his wife. He says, I love seeing Tom Brady. He's cool as crap. Have you seen his wife? I hope she comes to the game. I hope her <laughs> sister comes to the game and all her friends come to the game. Now, <sighs> that's funny. It's Yeah, but it's inappropriate for the situation. Again, you're coming back from domestic violence charges against women. You're, you ended up. I, I don't know how he, he basically got off. He, he was found guilty of assaulting and threatening to kill his former girlfriend. Assaulting and threatening to kill. Here's what he got. He was given a 60 day suspended sentence and 18 months probation on misdemeanor charges. The NFL suspended him four games. This is a, this is a horrific situation. It's a crime against women. And I just, man. It's an unfortunate time to be talking about somebody else's wife. Yeah. He shouldn't have said it, and he's obviously not a great person, but I'm not going to pile on him for it. I thought, like, the guns blazing thing, that's something that I'm sure you and I say all the time. You don't even think about it. It just comes out as a, it's a colloquialism we've said forever. The Giselle Buncher thing, yeah, I thought it's a what? was a funny. Collo- colloquialism? Just the phrase that you say. I'm not going to use college words with me. <laughs> Keep it on a high school word level. That's what I know. Well, I I just, I don't think it's that big of a story. I think he said something stupid like every athlete ever does. And the thing that is in his, the skeleton in his closet, it is worse than a lot of people's, but I don't think that using guns blazing in a news conference is that big of a deal. No, it isn't. Like I said, I think it's just unfortunate. But when you're talking about somebody else's wife, when this is your first game, why are you even bringing Tom Brady's wife up? What difference does it make? How did that? I love seeing Tom. What? You're a crazy person. <laughs> Clearly, he is a, actually a crazy person. So we probably shouldn't be surprised. I don't think the guy should even have a job in the NFL. Should be suspended. Should have been suspended a lot more than four games. That's for sure. As I said, we've got a jam-packed show for you. We're gonna. We're going to talk about lots of stuff. We got the NHL preview. Well, let's do that, Zach. Right after this break, we're going to go, we're going to come back with our NHL preview. Let's get right into hockey. I'm excited that hockey started. Oh, man. Yeah. The Rangers and, and Blackhawks the other night were texting through the game. And the best part was that you're texting all this hockey stuff to my know? wife by accident. I thought I was texting you and I was texting her. And she was mad because she was at Newsies, the musical, and I was blowing up her phone with hockey stuff. And she's like, what are you doing? And, uh, yeah, it was not you. My bad. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town and Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town and Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, 
They do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. Tim Hiller was striving for a prized roster spot with the Indianapolis Colts when six words changed everything. We have to let you go. In his new book, Strive, former collegiate and NFL quarterback Tim Hiller leads you on a year-long journey, taking small steps each week on the path to making your life matter and to developing more and more into the person God designed you to be. Strive by Tim Hiller, now available on Amazon or at timhiller.com. Did I see you tweet or put on social media or something that you and your daughter accomplished one of your checklists for the day that you had to dance around the room to Van Halen and you two? We did that. We did that today. How old is she? She's, I'm going to say 22 months. She's dancing around to you two and Van Halen. Yeah, we had a good time today. I don't, my days off work are Thursday and Friday, so she and I hang out and do all kinds of stuff those two days. Ah, that's awesome. That's a good time. Good for you. You're a good dad. The NHL season is off the ground. I can't be any more excited. It just works out perfect that baseball ends, hockey begins. In the same week. Yeah, hockey ends, baseball, well, hockey doesn't end until middle of the summer practically, but, but I, I, I know NHL is the minor of the major sports. Yeah. I, I get it, but around here and in my house, hockey's a big deal. I say in my house. My wife couldn't care any less, but I make up for it. Yeah, Oh, same here. And my daughter loves it. I'm really looking forward to this year because I'll give you my top teams. The Islanders are my top. I love the Islanders. You know, I got into hockey when they were winning Stanley Cups, and all my teams are New York. You know, you break down mm-hmm. the list. Growing up where I grew up down in the Catskills, all my teams are New York. But the Islanders are, are my team. And, I, and I, like the, I, I like the Rangers, but I'm an Islanders fan. I also like the Tampa Bay Lightning because I lived in Florida for just a very short period of time. And that's when the Islander, or the, excuse me, the Tampa Bay Lightning were getting started. So I've come to really like the Lightning. So, those three teams, plus the Buffalo Sabres, who I, being here in Rochester, I, I like the Buffalo teams too. Yeah. But those three teams, the Lightning, the Rangers, and the Islanders. Might be your top three teams in the East. Yeah. This is a great year to be me. It's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of great games. You and I are going to be texting a lot, especially when the Rangers and the Islanders yeah, all play. My ra- I, I have so many Ranger friends, and they're going to be just blowing up my phone because they're not going to be able to beat my Islanders, and <laughs> they're going to be all annoyed and texting me. Uh, but let's talk about what we see. We're not going to go through team by team, but what I'd like to do is let's let's pick a team. Uh, let's pick two teams. Let's pick conference finals. Uh, Zach, you're the maybe the biggest hockey fan I know, and combine outside of yourself. Well, combine that with the fact that you're such a Stat nerd, nerd, <laughs> dork. <laughs> you know, you just get into the, all those little things, and I really respect your 
your knowledge when it comes to hockey and when it comes to picking teams. Now, of course, I say that knowing that you picked the Carolina Panthers to go two and twelve or two and fourteen this year, and they are what? Can you remind me? Oh, they're four and zero in oh, yeah. first place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that one bombed. Yeah. Well, they're only going to win two games this year. But who do you have in, coming out of the East? Coming out, obviously of the, the Islanders, right? Yeah, yeah. For the the eight playoff teams, I got Rangers and Lightning are your two division winners, and then I have Red Wings, Canadians, Senators, Islanders, Penguins, and Capitals. In the conference finals, I have Rangers, Islanders. Maybe just because I really want that to be the conference finals, because it would be so much fun. But that's what I see, Rangers-Islanders conference finals. Really? That would be exciting. It'll be exciting because of the long-standing rivalry, but also because they play almost the same style. They're both up and down, fast teams, and they're so much fun. As much as that would be a dream scenario, I just I don't think that can happen. I, I think the Lightning are too good that I I think this might be a Stanley Cup year for the Lightning. That's how I'm, I'm big on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I can't tell if this is just my heart. I want to say I really think it'll come down to the Rangers and the, and the Lightning again. But I think the Islanders are going to get there. And it could be just me being a, a homer for my team. But I'm, I'm going to say Rangers-Lightning. That's what I, I think it'll be, Rangers-Lightning. And I agree with you on the eight teams, Rangers-Lightning, the Red Wings, Canadians, Islanders, Penguins, Capitals. The only place I don't agree, I think Columbus Blue Jackets are going to get in instead of it was the real Ottawa tough Senators. for me to leave them off because they're so good and adding adding Brandon Saad makes them so much better. Even they just I thought they were in last year and they just couldn't stay healthy, but um, I could very easily see them getting in. Let's talk about the the West. Who do you who do you see in the West? I have my two division winners, the Ducks and the Blues. And then to round out the eight, I have the Kings, the Flames, the Blackhawks, the Stars, the Predators, and the Wild. I know I picked the Stars last year, and they were a, a, a dumpster fire, but I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm picking them again to make the playoffs. And then the conference finals, I have Ducks and Predators. I got the Ducks and the Blues. I think St. Louis is going to be tough. And I almost, I'm this close to saying I'm going to pick the Lightning and the Blues for the cup finals. But I think, I think Anaheim is, is going to be tough. The Ducks are, I'm going to say Lightning Ducks, although the Blues are, are very close. So my conference finals are going to be the Ducks and the Blues. That's who I'm picking. But again, I'm only, I'm only disagreeing with you on one team. I, I think Calgary. Is going to get in. Oh, you do have that. I'm I sorry. do have. Calgary. You said that, so I don't. I agree with you a hundred percent on that, which makes me feel all weird inside. <laughs> I think we learned last year that the key to making it to the Cup Finals is you have to have X Rangers on your team. The Lightning are loaded with X Rangers. The the Blackhawks had Brad Richards, who's now with the Red Wings. The Ducks traded with the Rangers for Carl Hagelin, so they've got the one missing ingredient, which is an X Ranger. Lightning Ducks, you can mark it down. You can go place your bets um, <laughs> in Vegas, or you can do it on FanDuel or um, DraftKings. We're obviously gambling sites. We talked about that a couple of weeks we did. ago on the show. And how 
funny has it been to you that ever since we talked about it, it's been blowing up all over? I thought that was funny. I, I had people texting the links to me and stuff, and I think the scandal is being made to be more than it is, but it's, you know, it's something to consider. Before we go to break, we're just talking about NHL, looking at our season preview. Um, and just for the sake of argument, in the East, give me one team that you think will be surprisingly strong and maybe a team that you think will be surprisingly bad. My surprisingly good team, the Carolina Hurricanes, which, if for no other reason than they have a player named Michael Jordan. But they also, I like what they did this winter. I have a buddy who's a Canes fan, and I was texting him, and, and oh, I like this move, you guys did. Oh, I like this move. They brought Eddie Lack to be the goaltender. He's a good young goaltender. I like him. James Wisniewski to play defense and quarterback the power play, I think will help them. And I just, I feel like they've done enough with the young players that they have. They got some older guys like uh, Eric Stahl that have kind of been subpar. I think they get reinvigorated this year. And I'm not calling them a playoff team, but I think the Carolina will be much better. Surprisingly bad, um, I guess with an asterisk, the Washington Capitals. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're a very good team. But a lot of people are calling them like a top two or three or four team. They lost Mike Green and Joel Ward, and I'm just not sure that they are that very, very top of the league team. Very good, yeah, but I don't think they're an elite team. So I think they're worse than people expect. Would you agree with those? No, absolutely not. Good, good. This will make better radio. I think the Sabres are actually going to be a lot better than people are giving them credit. Get, maybe I'm talking with my heart. Maybe I'm saying I'm, this is a homie pick, but... I think the Sabres are going to be good. I do too. I, I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're going to be good. I agree with you. I actually just think because they've been talked about so much locally. What do you that, mean you agree with me? You said the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, I just picked the Canes over the You're Sabres. You're agreeing with me because I said that, and you just want to do but what no, I do. No. You want to be me. But people here are talking about the Sabres, and nobody's talking about the Hurricanes, so that's why I picked them. Oh, okay. They were more of a limb, I thought, to go out on. I like the Sabres. I think they're going to be very good, and I think they're going to be fun to watch and for once the buffalo fans won't be watching to see how high they pick in the draft my surprisingly bad team and I, i'm going to get texts about this is the boston bruins i i don't think the boston bruins are going to do much at all I see think, i don't think that'll be a surprise well i don't think it'll be an overwhelming surprise but the surprise of it is i have a lot of friends who are just going to say oh because it's boston you know you're picking anti-boston that's not it at all i just think they're Awful. They traded a useful draft pick for Zach Ronaldo, who is a useless waste well, of organs. Everybody to know. Everybody needs to know that you are not looking at notes. You are not looking at, at at a computer screen. You're sitting here looking in my eye, telling me all these trades that teams made, and some random guy's not there. And you're just I'm the guy who takes the day off of work in advance, the day that free agency starts, so I can watch live. Like that's me. Like that's just I. I, I'm weird, I guess. Unfortunately, ladies, he he's not available. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's talk to the West real quick before we go to break. Surprisingly good, surprisingly bad, surprisingly good. I guess the Sabers of the the West, the Edmonton Oilers. I think they've had really good, really young offensive players forever. They keep picking first and taking offensive players, but they made the trade with the Rangers for that missing ingredient. Former Ranger goalie Cam Talbot to be their goalie. He's good. Um, they added Connor McDavid, the next Gretzky. So 
You know, I think finally that all was those fixed by the way. All those first Oh, absolutely. I think all those first round picks finally start to pay off for them. I'm going to disagree and go with the Winnipeg Jets. I think the Jets are going to be I I almost had the Jets as one of my eight playoff teams, but I'm I'm going to not go that crazy on them. Um I'm going to say the Jets are going to be my surprisingly good team and my surprisingly bad team are the LA Kings. I think they're going to I I think they're going to struggle. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I think it'll be barely. They'll be bad if Lucic keeps getting himself ejected from games. <laughs> my, my man the other night left his feet. It was with a stick in hand to attack Couture's head. How do you think that the referees are not going to notice that? Yeah. You're flying through the air, my man. Of course he, they're going to notice they throw that. Him out. He just climbs over the boards and trudges off. And he, he knew it. He knew it. That dude's a goon. Give me your surprisingly bad team in the West. The Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> So you took great pleasure when your Rangers were rolling them up. Well, they didn't roll oh, them yeah. up, but that anytime, first, first period, it sure looked like they were going to. Anytime one of my teams can ruin the championship ceremony for somebody else, I'm all about it. But I just think everyone says the Blackhawks, no matter who they trade away after they win to cut payroll, they always continually win. Eventually that, that stops working. And I mean, they, they lost Patrick Sharp and Brandon Saad and they're, their bottom two lines are always just this patchwork of role players that are brought in every year. I just think this year, I think it catches up to them. We don't know if Patrick Kane ends up at some point going to jail. You know, something could happen there. I just think eventually uh time catches up with them, and I think this is the year. Yeah, you can't keep consistently year after year after year letting talent get away. Eventually that does catch up to you. You eventually turn into the Penguins, where your top two lines are dynamite and the rest of your team is garbage. Follow us on Twitter at BTG Program. Vents of the Nose Guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. McAfee's Remodeling is a full service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. The Finish Strong Road Race and Fitness Walk to Benefit Athletes in Action is Saturday, October 17th. There's both a 5K and 15K event, which start and end at the Grace and True Sports Park in Hilton. The 15K goes off at 9 a.m. and the 5K goes at 9.30 Whether you walk or run, your registration helps support the incredible work of Athletes in Action at the College of Brockport. How important is Athletes in Action to the teams? Just listen to some of the coaches talk about Gary Sauer and the significance of AIA to their respective teams. He's done just about anything that the program needed. Bringing bagels, he's he's reaching out to some of the kids and trying to be a support system for them. And Him and Athletes in Action are are really first class all the way. Oh, I'll tell you, Gary has been a true blessing for our program. He has provided so many things for us. I know a lot of our young men have formed phenomenal relationships with him and have somebody to, uh, to lean on and talk to. Athletes in Action is truly a servant ministry, and your participation on October 17th helps fund the cause. Run or walk the Finish Strong Road Race and Fitness Walk to benefit Athletes in Action. 
And by the way, there's a post-race party with plenty of food. Whether you walk, run, volunteer, or are looking for sponsorship opportunities, you can find more information online by visiting www.finishstrong5k.com. That's finishstrong5k.com. Dave Parks is Upstate New York Director for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He joins us on the Bents of the Nose Guys program. Dave, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks, Rick. I'm, I'm glad to be here, too. Thanks for thanks for having us. Absolutely. My pleasure. How long have you been with FCA now, Dave? Well, this December, at the end of the month, it'll be four years that I've been on staff um, in that capacity, but I had been volunteering with FCA as a coach locally here before I came into the role as a staff person. Before we talk about your work with FCA specifically, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Why sports ministry, and how did God lead you into sports ministry and into FCA specifically? Yeah, that's a, um, a response that can only be explained by God's grace and the fact that he has a plan for all of our lives. And I was in a place of, of really feeling very excited about what I was doing in my my professional life and my life as a coach. Anybody who's ever coached any sport before gets it and understands that coaching just can consume you between the, the relationships with the kids, the relationships with the other coaches, the relationships that you have with the parents, and then the importance that people play place on sport in our culture today is uh, undeniable. Right, wrong, or indifferent, uh, people care. And so as a coach, you, you get put under the, the scrutiny and the limelight to perform in a lot of different ways and really become in some ways, you know, father figure to young or mother figure to young people. And I really felt that and saw that opportunity as a coach and uh, having grown up in the Rochester area, always wanting to coach. I, I have found myself coaching college football. I was really excited about that. I was growing in my faith uh, tremendously at the later half of my career there. I was really sensing that there was going to be a change in my life and I didn't really know what that was. I had just been married and we had not yet had our first child, but was really sensing that, you know, vocationally, coaching was really coming to an end, but I didn't really know where that really was leading or where it was going. And I found FCA, actually, on a website looking for uh, Bibles for a couple of our kids. So I was helping lead up an FCA huddle before one of our football games, and it was Monday after a game. And I went on the website and found that people work for FCA and that there was a, an entire sports ministry world out there that was really looking to, to launch, relaunch here in New York State. FCA is a 60-year-old ministry, but uh, the intentional effort to really get things off the ground here was really taking place uh, as I was coaching at St. John Fisher. So really, the but what the hook was for me, Rick, about this that got me to go from coaching to, to stepping in FCA, it wasn't really anything that I was ever looking for. But when I read that FCA was seeking to impact the world for Christ through coaches and athletes and that their method by way in which they would do that was to minister to and then through coaches, that really spoke to my heart because I was a coach. I really felt in a lot of ways as a Christian coach being feeling very alone oftentimes on an island, if you will. And so I know that there was an organization that was going to come alongside of coaches and support them and then encourage them and equip them to be the leaders that God has called them and asked them to be. I was pretty fired up about that, and I just wanted to be a part of the team in a, in a bigger way, and staff was was the fit, and here we are four years later. 
Many of our listeners may not be familiar with FCA. Can you talk a little bit about Fellowship of Christian Athletes and its impact as well as maybe some of the, what are the goals and purposes of, of FCA? We want to bring the gospel in and through sport. We want to be able to bring that to people and we want to be able to share the gospel through the influence of sport. So a lot of times what we'll say is uh, if you love sport and you love your faith, and you have a relationship or desire to have a deeper relationship with God, combining the two, there's no better place. We believe as a ministry that our the vision that God has really put upon us as a ministry that began 60 years ago, back in the 1950s, it's remained the same throughout the course of that time, which is really to see our local areas and in our states and our country and our world impacted through relationship with Christ through coaches and athletes. So really introducing the gospel to coaches and athletes and seeing that transform their lives and thus having an influence on other people. You know, when I hear your title, Director for Upstate New York, uh, I get the picture in my mind of a lot of administration. Yet I know as a coach, what makes a coach a coach is those people relationships, those one-on-one relationships. That's what coaches live for. That's what coaches love. So I'm wondering, do you get enough of that in your position with FCA, enough of those people relationships to keep you satisfied? I guess ultimately what I'm asking is, what's the most fulfilling part of your job? And for that matter, what's the most difficult? Yeah, um, it's a great question. So most fulfilling um, I do. The short answer to your question, do I still remain involved with the ministry and have my hands on, on some of it? I, I do. I choose to. I, I really enjoy spending time with coaches. I left coaching to become part of the ministry that coaches coaches. So naturally, that's a part of my heart that I don't think I'll ever, will ever leave. Uh, and I really, it keeps me fired up as I learn that more coaches are being impacted. That's something I get to see firsthand as I involve myself in some of some of our coaches huddles. Uh, I do love to work with people, though, so I spend most of my time really working with our staff, our current staff, recruiting new staff for, for areas of the state that have yet to experience the impact of FCA, and then seeking and, and recruiting board members, volunteers in a community that really want to get involved at a deeper level with some of our staff. That's really our structure from a leadership standpoint here in New York. We have staff that are called and boards that are committed to serving alongside of those staff people. And so I spend the majority of my time sharing those opportunities with people and meeting people, really inviting people, recruiting people to consider serving in those capacities to reach more people. We're talking with Dave Parks, the Upstate New York Director for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It sounds like, you know, Dave, once you're a coach, you're always a coach and you want to you carry that into your into your work with FCA. FCA huddles have been a a powerful tool for discipleship on college campuses, but it's more than just college, right? Do you, do you know how many huddles there are, and, and are they are there such things as high school huddles? There are, yeah. There are currently FCA is on over four thousand campuses across the nation. The huddle model is something that's really been in existence from the beginning of FCA. So when people ask me, what do the programs look like fundamentally from the beginning of inception to now, we really do two things. We try to engage coaches and athletes in summer camps. So we have a, uh, an amazing camp ministry. FCA began as a camp ministry back in 1954. And then we try to invite coaches and athletes into Bible studies. We call them, as you said, Rick, huddles. 
uh, a huddle is an opportunity to study God's Word and grow closer together in fellowship and relationship with other people that are seeking to grow go deeper in their faith. Uh, we do that in various capacities. We have huddles for coaches. We have huddles for athletes. We have huddles for athletes on campuses. So really, if somebody were to ask me, what do you guys really do? We host and send athletes and coaches to amazing camps, and we help to organize and facilitate Bible studies, huddles. I know the huddles um, are so powerful, and FCA's ministry, I know, is so impactful because as we talk to different athletes, professional and college and at any level, oftentimes they will they will tell us about how FCA had an impact in their lives. You know, I first came to Christ uh, through an FCA huddle. We've had a number of people appear on this program who came to know Christ as a result of being invited to an FCA huddle. If someone is listening and has a desire to be a part of FCA or an FCA huddle, where can they find out if there's a huddle on their campus, and, and how do they get plugged in? Yeah, that's good. And so kind of going back to your question before, Rick, for our listeners that are wondering, you know, is this just a college ministry? Does this impact just, you know, a certain demographic or age group? The answer is no. The answer to that is if somebody wants to be involved with FCA, there's a place for you. We're, we're, we are always excited to hear about people that want to get involved, no matter if you're a high school, middle school, high school, or college athlete or coach. If you participate in campus athletic, participate in non-scholastic or club athletics, the mission of FCA and the desire of FCA is to support athletes and coaches no matter where they are. So there's an opportunity for anyone listening that has a desire to get involved. Where would they go? Uh, the best place would probably be nyfca.org. That's our website for our local FCA here in upstate New York, and you could find a list of huddles and campuses that are that are available. But certainly, an email to myself, dparks at fca.org. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get you connected with a local staff person that can help you get more involved. There is at least one staff person within an hour of drivable distance to really every every portion of upstate New York. If you have an interest, again, that's uh, nyfca.org. If you're looking to get plugged in, or as Dave says, you can go ahead and uh, give him an email, dparks at fca.org. Of course, we're talking with Dave Parks, the Upstate New York Director for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Can you share with us, Dave, how you first came to know Christ as your Savior? Growing up in a Christian home, Rick, you, you, you know and hear the words of the gospel, the, the words of the Bible, over and over and over again. My brother and I were raised in the Christian faith. My brother Joe, who's uh, also a strong believer today, living in North Carolina. You know, even with that, though, uh, maybe is an encouragement to parents to just to continue. You just don't know the seed that you plant. And even though I didn't make some of the best choices as I got into college, I really wasn't in a place where I was owning my own faith. Call it stubbornness, call it pride, call it just the world and the temptation and the distraction of other things that seem to be more alluring than to really commit your life in that way. But I guess my encouragement would be that the seeds that are there, and the word is very clear, that you know, once the Holy Spirit is in you, you can never, you can't, you can't escape that. The Lord was pursuing me even through my college years and in my early stages of coaching when I was intermittent best with my commit to, to my faith. And then it was really after a few personal matters and kind of life-changing events where I really knew that it was only in the Lord's strength that I was going to be able to have any sort of purpose in my life of meaning. And 
And I would say that it was you know, about a seven-year ago or six-year ago process of me uh, really becoming a disciple of Christ and, and owning what I what I know had known for a long time, but really reaching a level of maturity where I, my faith was no longer just something that my parents had told me and, and taught me well, but something now I was going to do. Dave, is there anything we can specifically pray for you about? Yeah, you know, we're a um, we are a ministry of missionaries. So you go to our website and you look at our staff. Every one of our staff members, they're funded by donations and personal support. But uh, we have an amazing staff in their own right to probably go and do a lot of things in life and be successful by the world standards. But they've really answered the, the call from the Lord to be here and to, to have an impact. But we can't do it alone. And I, I would say the big prayer for our staff is that more people would just come and we would find more people that would be willing and desire to jump in with us in some capacity, whether that's a, a donor, a volunteer, a, a board member, maybe it's a, somebody to lead a huddle, maybe it's a, you know, a volunteer to camp, could be somebody that's very connected in the community and has very good relationships with key people that might be influencers to really move the ministry forward and reach more people. So if you have a love for sports and you have a love for Christ and you really were looking for a way to blend those two things together, can't think of a better place than, than FCA. So please email me. Please give me a phone call if uh, you find my number on the website. Uh, I would love to connect you with our local staff person or you know, myself and have a conversation about how we might be able to help people come to know uh, a deeper relationship with Christ, hopefully get people plugged back into great Bible-teaching churches so that people can grow in their, their walk of work. Again, if you have an interest in Fellowship of Christian Athletes and want to find out more about a huddle on your campus or getting involved as a volunteer or a donor or however way, you can go to their website, nyfca.org, or go ahead and email Dave directly. That's dparks at fca.org. Dave, I want to thank you for joining us. I, I hope we'll have a chance to talk again real soon. Likewise, Rick. Thanks for having us, and God bless you guys, and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. That's Dave Parks, Director, Upstate New York for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. FCA has had an impact on many, many, many athletes at every level. You'll hear it in a lot of testimonies that their that spark that started a relationship with Christ may have taken place at an FCA huddle. You're listening to Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bed bugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Tim Hiller was striving for a prized roster spot with the Indianapolis Colts when six words changed everything. We have to let you go. In his new book, Strive, former collegiate and NFL quarterback Tim Hiller leads you on a year-long journey, taking small steps each week on the path to making your life matter and to developing more and more 
into the person God designed you to be. Strive by Tim Hiller, now available on Amazon or at timhiller.com. Well, that's a uh, somewhat appropriate choice for lead-in bumper Zach. Because if I got what I want, the Yankees would still be playing. But you can't always get what you want. And the Yankees were eliminated from the postseason in just one game. A game I thought, I, I, I thought they had a chance to win, maybe only because it was at, at the stadium. But even if they had won realistically, where were they going? And you talked about that mercy rule football game earlier. This felt like a mercy rule game yeah. when they were down a run or two. And eventually, I think it ended up being, what, three runs? Never really felt like they were in that game. No, it felt insurmountable. This was a team that overachieved, and say what you will. And, of course, Yankee haters are saying all kinds of things. But you can't help but admire the heart and the fight of this team. They got a lot further than most people thought, except except for you. You had them going pretty far and, and you had them winning the division beginning of the year. Which I they looked like they might. I had no thought that this team would go this far. And I think a lot of people didn't. They went a lot farther there. But heart and fight will only take you so far. At some point, there's there's nothing nothing left. And you hit a wall. And I think you saw that with A-Rod, Brett Gardner, Teixeira, Ellsbury, the bullpen, the starters. It's exactly what happened. There were just There were just too many holes when they got farther along they got in the dog days of summer you see it time and time again with teams not to mention that even joe girardi's managing decisions the last month or two of the season made it seem like his mind was just tired and there was nothing left there Mm -hmm. either but the team had heart and they continued to fight through with with a team whose overall talent just wasn't equal to those around them and uh, I, I I like the job the front office did. They were not going to compromise the future for a quick fix, which probably wouldn't have made that much difference anyhow. But the biggest heart and the strongest fight, and certainly among the largest amount of courage, belongs to CC Sabathia. On the final day of baseball's regular season with his team on the verge of the playoffs, Sabathia admitted to his manager Joe Girardi, that he needed help. He then checked himself into a rehab facility to begin recovery from alcohol addiction. And I've heard the jokes, the conspiracy theories, and the doubters who say he just gave up, and each one of you should really be ashamed of yourselves. I often make mention of the fact that the lowest forms of life can be found in the comments section of the online news stories or or posts. That's so true. Oh, that's where you find, yeah, the lowest life forms. On the Wall Street Journal's website, One commenter referred to Sabathia as a weak, pathetic loser. And another comment was that, and and this is troublesome, that Mantle would have stuck his head in an ice bucket and pounded some Budweiser through the playoffs. Now let me tell you that Mickey Mantle was an alcoholic whose life was destroyed, many relationships ruined because of his alcoholism. He's a great ball player. I'm a Mickey Mantle fan. We got in the studio a picture of Mickey Mantle. But alcohol eventually contributed to his death. And before you celebrate Mantle's alcohol usage, consider his own words when he said, Don't be like me. Sabathia is a man whose reputation is solid. 
His integrity has never been questioned. This man came to the point where he was strong enough to admit he needed help. Obviously, he knew the timing wasn't good. Obviously, he knew the impact this would have on a team which looked to him for leadership. Yet he also knew this was this was bigger than baseball and that, that the most important step had already been taken, and that was that he came to the place where he knew he needed help. And contrary to the online lowlife suggesting that it be handled like Mantle did, Sabathia was big enough man to know he didn't want to end up as Mantle did. Think about the courage it takes to say, I need help. Man, that takes courage. This is a former Cy Young Award winner, humble enough to say, I need help. How many people in everyday life who don't have the attention that Sabathia does are simply unable to admit that they need help? Let me tell you, if, if I were to admit I needed help with, with, with an addiction, it's not going to be splashed in the newspapers, broadcast on television, and talked about on the radio the way Sabathia has been. Yet there's many, there's many who need help. It's only the courageous who say, say it out loud to somebody, I need help. And that's where a friend comes in. And this is exactly what Sabathia did. So get off the guy's case and give him a little credit. This is a big man. This is, and I'm not just talking in size, physical size. This is a big man with a big heart and a lot of courage to say, I need help. We live in a culture where alcohol is a part of nearly every celebration. So think about this scenario. Did you see the clubhouse celebration of the Houston Astros after they, they beat the Yankees? And, of course, last week we talked about the Blue Jays during their division-winning celebration and the embarrassing, embarrassingly foolish shouts of, I'm a drunk, I'm a drunk. I mean, it was ridiculous. Now, let's say the Yankees had won. And in the middle of champagne being splashed all about is someone who's struggling with an alcohol addiction. Think of Sabathia in the middle of that locker room with the alcohol all over the place. That's a tough spot. Perhaps after recently going through such a celebration when the Yankees clinched their postseason berth, Sabathia had just been through that and he wanted no part of such a temptation again. So the timing makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. I can see that. He didn't want to go through this again. First off, let me just say, I'm in no way telling you not to drink alcohol. That decision is yours. However, know that the Bible is very clear about the sin of drunkenness. And you could study it out for yourself when it comes to alcohol. And you come back and tell me how many times you see it in a negative context as opposed to seeing it positively in the Word of God. But as I say, that decision is up to you. That said, you do have a responsibility to be respectful of the temptation of those around you. And C.C. Sabathia has always been a clubhouse leader and well-respected throughout baseball, which is why while, while talk shows, sports talk shows, have had any number of opinions on the matter, every man on the New York Yankees supported Sabathia and the difficult decision that he made. To a man, they were behind him. Don't be a hindrance to your friend. You see, so many times, the, instead of being that loser who chooses to cheer your friend on, uh, celebrate their drunkenness. And if, if I say friend, if you can call yourself that, in, encouraging his sin or his life-destroying habits. First Corinthians 8-9 says this, But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. You may have a right to drink alcohol, but don't let it become a stumbling block to those around you, someone who may have an addiction. Some people just need to grow up 
put childish things behind them and be a friend. If someone you care about struggles with sobriety, get them the help they need before it's too late. Be a friend. But there's another lesson in the C.C. Sabathia story. C.C. came to a point of desperation, a point where he acknowledged he needed help, could not defeat his problem on his own, and regardless of what people say or what people think, C.C. realized he needed help dealing with his problem. You and I have a sin problem. We cannot spend eternity in heaven with a holy God because of our sinfulness. And being sinful, we can't correct the problem on our own. Jesus Christ, however, gave his life on a cross. Though without sin, he suffered a death on the cross as a sacrifice for you and I. So when a holy God demanded a payment for sin, a restitution for our guilt, it was found in that sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But unless, as C.C. did, we come to the place where we're willing to admit our own guilt for our own sins, then forgiveness simply is not possible. We, too, need to come to a point where we acknowledge that we need help and cannot defeat our sin problem on our own. Mark 1.15 says we need to repent and believe in the gospel, the gospel being the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, all of which was done with you and I in mind. Have the courage to admit your sins, to seek the help you need. Call out to God, confess your sins, ask forgiveness, and place your face and trust, your face and trust, your faith and trust, that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was for you and is sufficient for the forgiveness of sins. Allow God to shed his grace on you. Cece Sabathia is not a loser, and he is by no means weak. He is a hero with great courage. We're glad you're with us. This is Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. The Finish Strong Road Race and Fitness Walk to benefit athletes in action is Saturday, October 17th. There's both a 5K and 15K event, which start and end at the Grace and True Sports Park in Hilton. The 15K goes off at 9 a.m. and the 5K goes at 9.30. Whether you walk or run, your registration helps support the incredible work of Athletes in Action at the College of Brockport. How important is Athletes in Action to the teams? Just listen to some of the coaches talk about Gary Sauer and the significance of AIA to their respective teams. He's done just about anything that the program needed. Bringing bagels, he's he's reaching out to some of the kids and trying to be a support system for them. And to him and Athletes in Action are, are really first class all the way. Oh, I'll tell you, Gary has been a true blessing for our program. He has provided so many things for us. I, I know a lot of our young men have formed phenomenal relationships with him and have somebody to, uh, to lean on and talk to. Athletes in Action is truly a servant ministry, and your participation on October 17th helps fund the cause. Run or walk the Finish Strong Road Race and Fitness Walk to benefit Athletes in Action. And by the way, there's a post-race party with plenty of food. Whether you walk, run, volunteer, or are looking for sponsorship opportunities, you can find more information online by visiting www.finishstrong5k.com. That's finishstrong5k.com. Welcome back to Benson and those guys. Brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Town and Country Solutions.com. 
Every week we do our Pest of the Week, and uh, this week is no different as we wrap up the show. I'm going to go back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, the whole Greg Hardy thing and Jerry Jones's comments and kind of taking being caught a little by surprise, mm-hmm. but yet sort of defending Hardy. In the report I read, it said, uh, of course, Hardy making reference to Tom Brady's wife, and it was just kind of a, this awkward thing. And Jones's reaction, Jerry Jones is my pest of the week. His quotes, and, and this, these may be old that were just brought back for this article. I don't know what he said this, but here's his reaction to, to Hardy talking about, um, Tom Brady's wife. He says, Jones speaking, when I saw him, when I saw him marry Gazelle, Tom went up in my eyes a hundred percent. She's very attractive and it shows what an outstanding individual Tom is. Jerry, her attractiveness in no way shows what an outstanding individual Tom Brady is. Yeah, he's a very rich individual and a very, you know, famous individual, but I don't know. Yeah, he left that one gal, right? Yeah, while she was pregnant. My pest of the week is the MLB wild card play-in game. Because, like you said, in the American League, yeah, the Yankees weren't going fire, the, you know. And neither are Houston. And neither is Houston. But in the National League, you had the number two and number three best records in all of baseball. And one of them only gets a single game in the playoffs. That's not right. It is not fair. And it deprives us of the baseball that we want to see. I think Major League Baseball, and you weigh in on this, I think they need to reseed in the playoffs like basketball has talked about. Once you get in, it's best record to worst record, two worst records, Get the wild card game, whether they want a division or not. Zach, I want to thank you for inviting me to weigh in on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I agree. I want, I want more of this Pirates Cubs. One game is not enough. I could care less about you. Even though my team was in it, the American League, those teams were not going anywhere, but the Pirates Cubs were the best teams in baseball. I want to see more of that series, but here's a problem. I don't want to dilute the division winners. I don't want to dilute that. And there's got to be some advantage given to them. What do you think? Maybe shorten the season by a weekend so the wild card thing is a three-game series? If you can figure out a way that those teams that are waiting for the wild card winner to come out of, because if you, if you have a best of three, series there between the wild card, which I would like, but then you're going to have a team waiting four, five, six days, whatever, between games, and I think that might be a little bit long. I, I realize sometimes you have that now as a team waits for somebody, but it's not often that that happens. Mm-hmm. But if you could figure that out, that's what I'd like to see. I'd probably also be a really rich guy if I could figure that out too. If you can figure out. Well, listen, MLB the show this week favorited your uh, – application to the Washington Nationals. You took the Washington Nationals to three World Series appearances on MLB The Show. And won two of them. And applied for the job with the Washington Nationals, and they support you. They endorse you. I haven't heard back from the Nationals, but I'm sure any day now it's coming. So you go right on up and offer MLB your thoughts for how to make the wild card (laughs) better. I want to thank you for joining us on a fine October weekend. You've been listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. (laughs) 